Straight up. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Show me the money! I need to feel you, Jerry! Show me the money! Jerry, you better yell! Show me the money! We like, like the juice, juice huh? Yeah. Juice is good. Very good. So good. It is the Cash and Out podcast, along with Anthony Rothman and Moneyline Mark. I'm Scotty Vegas, and whew, what a weekend it was. I took a beating. Uh, it doesn't sound like you guys bloody. did all that great either. Sunday, oh. bloody Sunday. Yes, bloody Sunday. It was, it was an ugly one. Um, so I guess let's start out with... What surprised us the most? What, you know, college or pro, what was the result that surprised you the most, Anthony? All right. I guess from a result standpoint, I'll stick at home here and go Cincinnati. I think 90% of the tickets were on Cincinnati at Caesars. Um, I, you know, but as far as covering the 10 and a half, you know, I thought that they would uh, look like they're on their way to doing that. And then they get into this high scoring affair with the jets against Mike white of all guys, you know, to, come out of nowhere first career start against a defense that's got 19 sacks like that didn't make sense to me and that that to me was uh the biggest surprise it's just awful now I can get into like how the game was lost and a bad call on a helmet to helmet that didn't get give Cincinnati the ball back that's on a third and 11 at the Jets own 20 there's two minutes to go in a three-point game that's just awful but let's be honest a five and two team against a one and five team uh, Mike White's first NFL start against a D that gave up 54 points to the Pats. It made no sense to me. It was one that you would throw in money line. I know you love the money line parlays, not so comfortable in covering the 10 and a half, but there's no way you wouldn't have just thrown that in for some extra. Oh, I threw them oh, in. Yeah. I threw them in threw up. multiple, exactly multiple times that I throw them in. Mark, biggest surprise to you this weekend. You know, I, I, I like the one Anthony picked, but I also think the Eagles just destroying the Lions. I, I thought this was a winnable game for Detroit at home, and they just got absolutely pummeled 44-6. to six. So that one certainly surprised me. I thought Campbell would get the troops rallied. You know, again, winnable game, and they just looked terrible, honestly. Yeah. Uh, someone explained to me how Mike White, who gets cut four times by the Jets mm-hmm. last year. That means four opportunities for any NFL team to pick up him as a backup quarterback, and they said, nah, no thanks. Yeah. Comes in, starts, wins a game. Explain to me how Trevor Simeon comes in for the Saints, third-string quarterback, right, after Taysom Hill, after Jameis Winston. Winston's out for the year now, uh, and somehow beats Tom Brady in a game. And, uh, and, and then last night, you got Cooper Rush for the the Dallas Cowboys goes and wins at Minnesota. Well, I can explain that one to you. Yeah. Mike Zimmer. Yeah. He, he didn't come after Cooper Rush enough at the end. They got him once on a strip sack where they blitzed and belted him into, into oblivion and got the ball. And then on the last drive, I think they got spooked by that stupid circus grab by Amari Cooper on the right sideline. If he doesn't catch that juggling catch, you know, maybe, maybe the Vikes win the game. And here's the horrible thing about the Vikes. If you caught that early before the DAC news, you were like catching. I think that thing switched. Maybe you guys can tell me exactly where that line kicked at the Vikings in Dallas, but the Vikings were getting two and a half 
before like the big DAC news. Then the thing went south, and then you had like I think Dallas was catching like four or something like that. Yeah, throughout yeah. the afternoon they were catching three. Yeah. I know that. I don't know what it was oh. at kick. Oh, um, what, a, what a bad deal at the end of that. Vikes couldn't punch it in to put it on, out of reach. You think you can get that thing to overtime, and if you had the Vikes on the money line, you'd still be safe. I didn't love them giving the three and a half. I think it was three and a half in most places a kick. Uh, I wanted to avoid that, but against Cooper Rush at home, really winnable game for Minnesota. The fact that they come out of there with an L, um, I, I blame Zimmer at the end. He just you got to come after a guy like Cooper Rush and make him earn it. And then the fact that they couldn't tackle Zeke in the red zone. The, the, did he did he splits two dudes? One guy fans, the other guy can't tackle him. Uh, that's just a disaster for people that bet Minnesota. This was a week, Mark, where uh, you know going in. I had read that the last previous three weeks, the the sports books were actually getting beat. Okay, mm-hmm. that these a lot of these money line favorites uh, were coming through. That no, there were no like huge upsets. So a lot of people who do survivor pools uh, were were easily advancing because there there hadn't been any upsets. And then you have a day like yesterday, which is why these sports books do as well as they do because all of these results. I mean, just absolutely shocking that the Saints, uh, I, I I don't even want to talk about how much I laid uh, in game. When I saw that Jameis Winston yeah. went out, I went heavy on the box. I hear you, and you box. should have. I, I don't, I, I understand. Listen, I took the Saints prior to kick. I like them with the points in a divisional game at home. I actually like them, but I could understand why you did that. Um, you know, back to the Bengals game, and I know you and I talked about this in the beginning. We'll get Bleak's feel on this is that you have the ability to get the ball back and you get a helmet to helmet. You almost have to decide whether that's in the off season, whether that's now a reviewable play, because I'm not saying you can judge intent, but you can get a pretty good idea of the initiator versus a offensive guy bracing for contact. And when he braces for contact, the defender went low, the, the, the offensive guy braced for contact, so their so their helmets hit. That's a, that's highway robbery. And so if you had the Bengals on the money line, you were going to get the ball back. Doesn't change the fact they gave up the two point conversion on a beautiful design reverse play that the Jets ran. But yeah, it's um, those those items were really amazing. And the other problem is, you know, if you went with the big money line favorites like Bills, Rams, Broncos, you know, they all won. And so, yes, uh, but I will tell you this with those money lines, those were so high. It was like Rams minus 1100. So you had to add in the Bengals in there. I, I, you know, I gave out this uh, because, you know, on, on the money on Sunday, we, we kind of did a money line parlay and we, we took all those huge favorites. We said Mm -hmm. bills, um, you know, we said Rams. Did the bills cover though? No. Uh, what were they laying? They were laying 15. I'm sorry. The they Bills were laying 15 and they won by 15. So okay. it was a push. All right. They pushed. Um, so all these, all these huge favorites. Rams did on, cover. And, and basically you were getting less than one to one unless yeah. you added the Bengals in there. And so, you know, almost everybody who was doing these money line parlays would put the Bengals in as a 12 point favorite. What were the Broncos laying? <clears throat> the Broncos were laying 16 and they won. Uh, Wait, they no, were no. laying 16 and a half. Wait, wait, wait. The Broncos? Uh, I'm sorry, the yeah. Rams. The Rams okay. were 16 and a yeah. half. The Broncos were laying four. 
Broncos are laying four and cover. You're saying the Bills did not – I'm sorry, the Rams did not cover? No, they, they actually did not. They won by 16. Texans ended oh up goodness. scoring 22 points in that. Yeah. And the line was, was 16 and a half. So. That's that's trouble, man. I hit I hit on several of them, but there were some, you know, here's the thing. It starts out so good on Thursday night. I take the Packers because I believe in Aaron Rodgers, although it gun to my head, I probably should have taken Arizona. I just felt like Arizona was the better team. No Devontae Adams. I just thought Arizona's at home. That place can be rocking Thursday night. They got to win by a touchdown. However, on the air, I picked Packers because I just wanted to, to take the points, and it wound up covering. You're thinking, okay, you're off to a great start. I took the Steelers in the points. Rivalry game, them coming off a bye, low-scoring game. I took the three and a half. That hits. Um, and then it all starts to go south, right? Bengals, they lay an egg. Um, what were the Falcons getting at home? I think we all liked them. Uh, Falcons were giving three, I Okay, think. and they lose outright at home to the Panthers. Yep, um, yep. So, yeah, it was just one of those wild weekends, and it just comes back to, guys, that the par the multiple-team parlay is really just probably a bad move, but we all get drawn in based on the risk versus reward, and you think that you can you can call three or four games and, and make it happen. And it just – there's always one of those games that's, that rises up in your parlay and messes with you, and you, it's just so hard to, to stomach. So – I have now, before we get to, to Mark and, and his take on, on the Browns game, because I, I, I want to figure out what the hell happened there, but I have now done five weeks in a row. I have done one big money line parlay, mm-hmm. and I've hit two out of the five weeks. Two out of five I've hit, and I've lost uh, on the other three. So, uh, you know, this is one of those weeks where it just – it. You know, with the with the Bengals losing, it just wasn't going to happen. But Mark, talk to me about your brownies. Oh, so I mean, this weekend I just felt like William H Macy in the cooler the whole time because <laughs> everything I picked just didn't didn't pan out. This game, I, I must tell you, was so frustrating to watch. And of course, you know, there's Steelers fans everywhere, and I had the luxury of watching the game with several other Steelers fans, or at least a couple other Steelers fans. And you know, it's been a lot of you know, momentum Cleveland's way Steelers are on, you know, going the opposite direction. So it's been nice, you know, recently after, you know, the first 20 some years of, of my life or 30 some years of my life being frustrated by getting killed. So I go into this game feeling good. Baker's back. Uh, Jarvis is back. Chubb's back. Both linemen uh, tackles are back. Conklin and uh, Willis playing together. So, I mean, we start getting a lot more momentum with people, you know, folks coming back, and then it just was an ugly game. I mean, the drops, the, you know, I have never – by far the worst game Jarvis Landry has played yeah. for the Browns. And, you know, I, I'm not going to beat him up over one game because he's won and contributed way more than he has lost in this particular game. I don't understand Odell. I mean, I see him open. Um, I don't know why they, they just can't get him the ball. I don't know if he's not – I, I don't – I'm confused by that. I mean, he had one design screen pass, and I think he got like four yards on it. Um, but the offense is just a disaster. I mean, it's feast or famine with the tight ends. Um, and, you know, Njoku had a couple catches. Um, Bryant had a couple catches. And then uh, it seemed like Cooper was kind of the focal point, but he had some drops too. I mean, Baker always has thrown a high ball. Um, and Hooper just, you know, he dropped at least one, you know, that was in, in his hands. And uh, it, it just was extremely frustrating. Nick Chubb 
in the second half, barely got the ball. I don't, I don't know what, you know, it's not like we're, we were getting beat that bad. It just, I, I think the coaching was piss poor. Um, and, it, and, you know, the execution of catching some of these balls was, was bad. And to me, you know, Baker basically playing with one arm, he looked fine. I mean, I wasn't like, you know, this guy needs to be pulled for inaccuracy or anything like that. I mean, he actually, I thought, you know, grinded out one of his better games. And it just was completely on his teammates, you know, just dropping the ball. Um, you know, some some routes that they should have sat on, they kept running. It's just something that's out of sync between him and the receivers. It's almost to the point where they might be better off sitting Odell. I don't know how you can pay in somebody as much as they are. Mm-hmm. But, but the chemistry is just better with, you know, some of the other guys. He might need to sit. You know, I mean, we're, we're going the wrong way. Or they just need to be you know, spending a lot more time at practice together working on, you know, getting on the same page because after all this time, they are just not in sync at all. So that's pretty much what happened. It wasn't wasn't like Pittsburgh did anything, you know, phenomenal. They just simply won the game, you know. They, they didn't do anything too spectacular. So that's my takeaways. Yeah. All right, there's a lot there, and I agree with most of it. I will say this, that, you know, Pittsburgh loses their kicker on a stupid fake field goal. They have no business calling a fake there. It's 3-3 game, take the points, you're on the road, get some momentum, and he gets knocked out of the game. So now they don't have a kicker, they got to go for it. Um, I would say that that Pittsburgh, yes, you're right, they just kind of wound up getting the victory, but Friermuth's catch was all-world. Yes, it was. all-world catch on great coverage, concentration, getting the feet down. They don't. That's fourth down, and and maybe Cleveland survives the game. It doesn't change the fact that the Browns got that ball back on their own forty with all three timeouts. This is Baker's moment. You're right, Mark. It's not on Baker, and Landry has delivered some great moments. But I'm going to forget history for a second. I got to look at this in a vacuum. He stunk, and he stunk in a big moment in a rivalry game in a division game. It's on him. He dropped one right in his hand, stretching out uh, the one that was high to OBJ over the middle. Um, but but there was a roughing the passer. Um, I don't know. I, I just know that OBJ felt like he got hung out a little bit on a deep pass down the middle. That's a little bit of a business decision with Cameron Sutton get ready to crosshair him right there in the middle. But that's a, that's a, a, a catch that you'd like an all-world receiver to go up and make because that's what he does, and he didn't yeah. do it for you. As far as Chubb on that last drive, they handed him the ball right away, and he broke one. He broke a nice chunk play. Then they gave it back to him. He got one yard on the right side. He got dropped for a loss on a backside tackle where someone tracked him down. So they couldn't go back to him, it felt like. but And then Higgins jumped on a third and 11. So now you're in a third and 16. Then they had to dump it to a tight end. And then on fourth and 12, Landry's got an incredibly catchable ball. That's fourth and 12 at the 26. That's This is your moment. That's a catchable ball. He's got to make that. He had two chances, and he didn't do it. It's on him. It was an ugly game, but he's got to wear that. And I'll give Pittsburgh some credit. They didn't just decide to try to salt the game away. They called a slant to Deontay, and Ben hit him on that second down. It was an aggressive call. But, yeah, Yeah. it was, you know, I can make the case for, you know, they didn't call the play where Baker gets hit out of bounds, but then I could make the case that it wasn't a true roughing the passer that he got benefit on. So maybe it was a wash. I don't know. They made some big plays defensively at the end with Greg Newsom with the one-arm tackle on Deontay with five minutes to go. That's on a third down. Got yep. the ball back. Mark, it's set up for a dramatic finish, and Baker delivered the best he could, and his, like you said, his guys didn't help him. As far as OBJ, 
you're right. They owe that dude $8 million the rest of the year. So either someone's going to just take the money off. Like, you don't want to trade him for a money dump. Like, that. you want to talk about something coming back to haunt you. That would be it. But you're right. He's not good enough to get a lot for right now. So they just have to try to continue to go win a division game against Cincinnati on the road. Like, that's the focus now is is forgetting the past. They're in a, a kind of a pseudo must win now in the division with Cincinnati already having beaten Pittsburgh and Baltimore on the road. This is a big one, but to me, it was very uncharacteristic what happened. Baker was on target. Landry dropped two catchable balls or they probably win the game. And if you got close enough, maybe then you could go back to Chubb and try to hammer it in. But man, that, that was a demoralizing loss because it was set up for, for heavy drama in Cleveland's favor. You know what's what's kind of weird is I actually think that the Steelers losing their kicker uh, kind of worked in their favor, and I'll tell you why. I think that Tomlin was a little bit more aggressive uh, than he usually is. He had to be because he was going to throw out that 260-pound punter and let him kick that nothing <laughs> extra point, and then he thought better of it. I'd rather keep it in Ben's hands. It was a little bit of the Aaron Rodgers effect. Like, if I'm going to lose this game... I'm going to lose it with Ben controlling it. Not a 260-pound punter who hasn't made a field goal. I'm I'm not going to I'm going to trust Ben. It turned out to be the right call. Yeah, but here's yeah. what I'm saying is even if that kicker if if you know, the kicker doesn't get hurt, I think uh the Steeler game plan is a little bit different. I think, you know, Tomlin is is generally a conservative mm-hmm. uh, uh play caller and decision ma- I'm sh- uh, decision maker, and I thought they were aggressive in that game, you know, going for it on fourth down and one a little bit more than they have in the past. So uh, you know, I thought they were they they were a little more aggressive than they have been. But all right, let's real quickly on yep. that. I'm I'm glad you brought that up, Scotty, because sometimes there can be things that happen in a game that's fortuitous, and and you you're not sure you could never prove it. And it happened in the Ohio State game where that's a tie game, and Travion Henderson tilts forward on a false start on a fourth and goal at the one. He probably gets in. I don't know. But they had been running him up the middle, and he was getting stuff. Yep. If he gets stuff there, you don't know. But now the decision is taken out of Ryan Day's hands because there's a false start, and now it's fourth and goal at the six. He has to take the three to go up. And in a game like that, sometimes you just get a gift that that the penalty was supposed to happen, and you take the points. Um, it's, it's weird. And, yeah. and with an injury to the kicker, Tomlin was forced to play aggressive, or he's taking the points all day there, yes. I would think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I do believe that. I, I thought yeah, you got to take the lead. Their whole game plan to me was a little more aggressive in the second half without a kicker than than it was uh, at the start of the game. All right, let's go. One thing we like to do is guess lines for the next Ugh. week. I'm not going to do the entire no. slate, but I'm going to pick out four games that I think uh, are worth guessing on. And I think let's first start out with well, let's start out with the Browns at the Bengals. So we had, we had this on our show today. So I got to recuse myself because okay. I know the spread now. But we we did play guess. I thought the Bengals would be a short favorite was my guess. But I won't tell you what, okay. what, what it is. I, I have not yeah. looked. Uh, Mark, you, you go ahead and get first shot at this. Um, I'd say four and a half Bengals favored. Uh, so I would probably go Bengals minus two and a half. Mm. I think it's probably less than a less than a field goal. I think you're right on, uh, big fella. It is. Oh shoot! I clicked away from it. Um, I have two and a half. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, let's see. If... And I got to ask you guys a question three, after this. Three on here. Right, so but it's three plus 105, so it must okay. have probably just moved. Now let me ask you guys a question. How many? How much did this line move based on the Bengals losing to the Jets in your mind? And do we get the Bengals at a discount now because of what happened? If they go in and roll and cover against New York, what's the line? The same? I don't think it's a huge difference. You don't think it's like I three think and a, a half to two and a half? You don't think it's a point? I think I think it's probably a point. I think it's yeah. probably... That's what I mean, a key point. Yeah, I think yeah. it might be four, right. four and a half. That's what I'm saying. So now, Mark, if you believe that too... Now you have to decide whether you feel like you're getting the Bengals on a discount and that's the right play. But I do feel like them losing to the Jets actually helps me if I'm a Bengal better. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that. But the cool thing, the cool thing too about, if I may, about the AFC North is it is still completely wide open. And that's the silver mm -hmm. lining here. I mean, it's such a tight division. We all have to play each other, you know, multiple times still. So that's kind of exciting for that division. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you there. You know, the division is still wide open. All right, let's do a couple more guesses at spreads. There's there's not, honestly, looking at next week's slate, there's not a lot of attractive football games. The, the Thursday night mm. game is Jets-Colts. You know, then you got mm. Texans-Dolphins, who cares? Broncos-Cowboys. I, I guess that's one that we could guess. At. That's a decent matchup. What, what do you guys think on, on Broncos at Cowboys? It's so tough because will Dak play? You assume he'd he be back? He was warming up before the Viking game, and Chris Collinsworth had a great point. If you're sitting him for precaution, which is smart, and they wound up winning the game, so it looks brilliant, they had him out there going through a warm-up like he would a normal game. And Collinsworth said, mm -hmm. well, that's, that's counterintuitive. If you're resting him, rest him. But they were warming him up like he could play in the game. What if he tweaks the calf in the warm-up? Like, you weren't... So I don't, maybe they think he's really close and they would have gone to him in an emergency. If Cooper rush would have been knocked out of the game, which it looked like at one point he might be, but um, you're right. The Dak situation, I would have to lean towards watching him, him in warmup that he is absolutely playing. Mark, you yeah, got a guess on that I line. Think, I think he's definitely playing um, to, to your point, Anthony, I would say, the Broncos just dumped Von Miller too, so it's almost like they're giving up. Um, I would say maybe I'd say ten. Dallas is favored. Yeah, this is an undefeated team against the spread now in the Cowboys. It's also a public team. Great point on the Broncos dumping Von Miller. Um, I would probably say you're in the right area. I would say maybe. A smidge higher, assuming Dak plays, it might be 11. What do you think, Anthony? So I got to get, so I, I always look at this as, you know, I take the favorite and then I say, well, how many points would it take for me to want to change my mind? And it would take 10 and a half for me to change my mind and say it's worth taking Denver, get it over a key number. And it would have to be a minimum to me of 10 and a half. And the correct answer is eight and a half. And I think right, the so that eight means and I like half, Dallas better than. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I think the eight and a half is questioning whether Dak plays. Because mm -hmm. if, if it's Dak playing, I, I can't imagine this thing is below 10. Um, all right. One more before we, uh, before we move on. One mm -hmm. more guess at a spread. Uh, let's go with, you know, Steelers coming off the win. It's the Monday night football game next week. So Steelers, Bears. 
Steelers Bears. Well, again, um, the Bears are only as far as good as Justin Fields can can run and take them. So uh, Pittsburgh doesn't score a lot of points. Like that to me is why you have to be careful here if if you're gonna if you're gonna book Pittsburgh as a as a over a touchdown or more favorite. You got to be careful because they're playing in a lot of close games, and Justin Fields can be a, a difference maker as far as covering a line. So to me. Um, I would say it's somewhere right around five and a half points, Pittsburgh. Like less than a touchdown. Mark? I'm going to say six and a half. I agree with his logic. Yeah, I think it's uh, – you're right. The Steelers just don't score enough points to probably cover easily. That defense is so good. Uh, Yeah, I would put it probably around a touchdown. I'm going to go six. Uh, Okay, it's seven right now. So Mm, Okay. Pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah, and and my feeling is I'd probably buy that down, but just never comfortable laying decent points with Pittsburgh at this point. But they are coming off a win. They feel good about themselves. They can still run Najee. And, you know, Ben is staying upright as much as possible. But I don't know, man. It's That'd be a tricky one. Or – how do you guys feel? Would you buy if you had a chance to buy a half a point one way or the other on that game? What would you do? Would you buy it up to seven and a half and ride with the Bears, or buy it down to six and a half? I'd go up to seven and a half, getting mm-hmm. more than a touchdown against mm-hmm. the Steelers' offense that I, I still agree. don't think is very good. Yeah. That's probably right. Yeah, yeah, I feel the same way. Okay, before we wrap up the cashing out podcast, let's go back and look at college football. Uh, mm. You know, last week, last Monday, uh, I came on here and I said I was so angry with myself for not taking the twelve to one on Ohio State to win it all. Got down to last week it was four and a half to one. Uh, this week it stays the same. It stays at plus four fifty. So no change there. Georgia is even money. Alabama is plus two fifty. I'm going to let you guys guess on this now. We know that Oklahoma would be the fourth team in the odds. What do you think they are to win the national championship? Anthony, you go ahead and give Bama it to win the title. No, Oklahoma to oh, win I'm the sorry. title. Oklahoma to win the title. Um, well, you know, it's interesting because they're the kind of team that, you know, pretty much has to run the table as long as Cincinnati, because if Bama winds up beating Georgia and then they both get in, and Cincinnati runs the table. You know, Oklahoma can't afford anything here. So I look at them a little differently than I look at Ohio State. I just, I trust Ohio State more. So if you're telling me Ohio State is like, you said four and a half to one right now to win it all. Yep. I'm actually going to put Oklahoma at about like six to one. Okay, Mark. I think it's even worse. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, they've looked pretty awful in a lot of games. I would say it's probably eight to one. Okay, it's actually 14 to 1. Oh my goodness. Oh, wow. Well, now they're in the value neighborhood. Value. Yeah, 14 to 1 cuz we get them in the tournament and it's hedge city. Yeah. Yeah. And this is how, you know, lopsided this is. So it goes Georgia even money, Bama plus 250, Ohio State plus two, uh 450. Then you got Oklahoma at 14 to 1. And then the next is the fifth is Cincinnati at 33 to 1. So basically what, what, you know, these odds are saying is it, it, you know, it's one of these four and I agree with them, right? I don't think there's any value probably 
uh, past those four. I don't think anyone else has a shot. Would you agree with that? Of all the teams you mentioned? Yeah, if I were to say Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Oklahoma, those those four, is there any team outside of those four that you would have any interest in whatsoever in betting? So you could take a wild swing at either one of the Michigan teams. Yep. If they if they would beat if one of them takes down Ohio State and then you you can get them in potentially because you have to you have to really believe now that the winner of the Big Ten East is going to move on and be the participant that the West with Wisconsin or whatever is going to come to the table won't beat them. What is what is Sparty now? Fifty to one. Okay, they come here. That's a that's a little bit of an issue, but I'm telling you right now that's value. Yeah. That team can run. That team's got some belief. Tucker, the former Buckeye, coming back. I would say I would be willing to sprinkle some on that 50-1 to one because if you win that one, you're in really good shape if you if you got them at 50-1 to one because they, they go to Purdue, they play Maryland next. So you have to assume they're going to stay undefeated. They're not going to fall. Hopefully, they won't get trapped to Purdue. I know it could happen. You never, you never say never. But they, but they'll play Penn State at home at the end of the year, and Penn State will be, you know, whatever they're going to be. Yeah, I, I would do that. I would take because fifty to one is a lot on an undefeated team that might be number two or three in the rankings tomorrow night. Like I, I think there's value for tonight. Mark. Yeah, I would agree. I think Michigan State would be the value play. Yeah, and Michigan, by the way, is mm. eighty to one. So, okay. So, last thing before we close mm. out the the cashing out podcast, we know now that the big matchup, Ohio State and Michigan State, couple weeks away. Assuming these teams win out to get to, they're both undefeated uh, in November. Uh, looks like they play November twentieth. What do you guys think the spread is on that game in Columbus? If you had to guess. Oh. I would say the Buckeyes are favored by seven and a half. Yeah, I, I was going to say seven. I, I, it's I so funny. I was going to say six and a half because I think <laughs> that Sparty's going to look possibly good the next couple of weeks. And then you could get Ohio State at a hair of a discount. But let's let's think about this. They They played one of their better offensive games against Michigan, um, scoring 37 points. They don't. It's not like they have a nothing offense. They they do some things that could give Ohio State some issue, and that's that's running with Kenny Walker. They could. And they've got some weapons, too. Like, they can compete, not offensively head-to-head against Ohio State, but you feel like there's something there. Um, I'm going to go six and a half. Yeah. I, I think we're in that – we're all in mm. that territory of a touchdown, which, which makes yeah. sense. All right, so last week we gave out our three games. We did our $5 oh. challenge. Oh, <laughs> Um, Mark, I think you're 0 for 2. You have one tonight still alive. Uh, Anthony, I think you went 1 and 2. I ended up going 2 and 1, uh, hit two college games, lost on Ohio State. We need three new ones. So I'm up five bucks. So let's now, uh, let's keep it going. Three mm. games for next week that you would put your money on right now. Uh, who wants to go first? Mark, you, you want to go first on three Meister. games for next week? Sure. I'll take uh I'll take uh the 
the Browns Bengals. I'll take you know the minus th- or the plus three for the Browns. Um, I will take the uh, Cowboys minus eight and a half, and I will take Baltimore at minus six. Okay, Anthony. Um, okay, so let's think about this. And by the way, I, I, I mean the two one, the two games I really felt good about lost, which was the Bengals covering, and then I really thought there was going to be the ugliest game in the history of college football, but at least it would have been close. And that's why I took the three and a half in Iowa and they got slaughtered. So, um, boy, cause we had, I, you had Dallas at eight and a half. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I like them at home as well. So I will, I will write down Dallas minus eight and a half. Such, such a quick look. Cause we haven't done this yet. I will take, the Ravens minus five against Minnesota. I think they're going to be mentally a little crushed there, even though they're a decent team. And, oh boy, I really want to take the Chargers and a bounce back at Philly because I think there's a real lopsided affair there. Chargers losing outright. Philly just hammering Detroit. Chargers minus three against Philly at Philly. So give me those three right now. Okay, so I've got a college line that smells to me. Yeah, we should probably do more college. There's a college <laughs> line that I just don't quite understand. It And look, there was a, a line last week that I didn't quite understand. It was the, the um, Wisconsin-Iowa. The fact that Wisconsin was such a big favorite over Iowa, and then they end up killing them. So well, it was three and a half. Some, yeah, yeah. but for, no, I know. for Wisconsin, that's a lot of points. Especially over in an Iowa. over-under that had 36 and a half written on it. Exactly. So the, the line to me that looks fishy this coming week is Michigan State at Purdue. Bef- mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys know this line yet. If I you, do. You, okay, you do. Uh, Mark, guess at <laughs> what the line is on Michigan State at Purdue. Um, seventeen. Okay, <laughs> that's that exactly that fed right into the conversation. Okay, the line is not gonna three. Be, not going to believe it. Yes, it's three. Purdue is uh, mm-hmm. uh, Purdue is a three point underdog at home to Michigan State. They I already had their upset this year. They're not getting another one. Yeah, right, right. I mean. So that's a line. I'm, I'm going to take it. It's so fishy and so smelly that it's a tough one to, to do because it's like, well, what the hell am I missing here? Um, but I would take Michigan State. I'm going to take the three there. Um, when I was guessing the Ohio State-Nebraska line before it came out, I said I thought it would be somewhere in the territory of 21. I thought it'd be about a three-touchdown mm-hmm. spread. It's a 15-and-a-half right now. So I'm going to give Ohio State and giving 15-and-a-half mm-hmm. Cause I think there's still a little bit of value there. I like that. Um, and then the other one, I, I kind of liked your guys's pick, um, you know, as far as the NFL goes, but I'll go with one that you guys didn't touch. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with, look, Derek Henry is out next week, right? He's yeah. going to be out for potentially a while. The Rams at home are giving seven and a half to the Titans on Sunday night football. I think first game without Derek Henry, Oh, I think that's going to be dicey for the Titans. So I, I would give the seven and a half with the Rams next week. 
What do you, I don't I haven't watched Tulsa since Ohio State has played them and they play them pretty tough. They're getting twenty three and a half at Cincinnati. Cincinnati's kind of struggled now trying to to go for style points. And, you know, um, I, I just have to take a look at Tulsa a little bit. That seems like a little high. Tulsa's awful. Yeah, they are awful. Ever they just they, lost. Yeah. And that convinces gosh, me. Who'd they lose to? They lost on Friday Isn't night amazing? to a really really awful team. Um. They were a, they were like an eleven point favorite, and they lost outright. I can't remember That's who that right. was too, but yeah, they're not good. So, all right, those are our three picks. This is the Cashing Out Podcast. We'll see who wins that five dollar challenge for next week, and we will see you next Monday on Cashing Out.